look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How are you doing? I'm terrific. Are you ready? For what? Okay, so people don't know this, but this is your bachelor weekend. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. You ready? Well, after we get out of here, yeah, I guess it's going <laughs> to... So, so, Maddie, I'm sorry for whatever Dave is going to go through this weekend. It is not my fault. Yeah. There are other members you can blame. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a few the cast of characters. We are so looking forward to watching all the episodes of Star Trek. Wearing these ugly oh. socks that he's wearing. I wish we were on TV to show this or take a picture. we got to figure out how to get these socks on the air. Cause well, they, I got my Spock socks for later. They're oh really good. Oh, my Lord. I know. I know. Help, help me. If anybody can get a hold of me to get me out of this <laughs> Bachelor weekend, please. It's a whole Star Trek convention. <laughs> it's different at 51 than it's at 20, i got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll party hard till 9.30 and Woo-hoo! then go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait. <laughs> Yay. All right, on that note, uh, we've actually got a pretty good show today. We're going to talk about some of the most dangerous scams that are out there right now. we got the Alberta Securities Commission in to help educate people about how to protect themselves. There's more and more of this stuff happening, not only from a technology perspective, but but these individuals who are reaching out, either you know them or you don't know them, are using multiple ways, going back to landlines, using technology, using a smartphone, texting, different ways. And so I think we need to continually educate and and, and inform our, our audience from this type of stuff. What if the baby boom generation doesn't actually retire? What does that mean? What does that mean economically? What does that mean socially? Interesting question. And we're finding... Anecdotally, in our practice, more and more people are delaying yep. when they retire for multiple reasons. Yep. So let's get some research behind it and talk about what could be some of the impacts. Be a good segment. Okay, let's talk about the markets this week. And um, interesting. So uh, you and Andrew are away on business all week, and wow. um, I'll get you to comment on um, some of the due diligence pieces that you did. Yep. Um, I know you met with uh, Gunlack, the Bond King. Uh, manages hundreds of billions of dollars of bonds, got some interesting insights as to what he's thinking about and what he's worried about. Uh, the market itself, you know, watching it uh, throughout the course of the week, trading around this notion of trying to figure out where the, what the Fed's path is with interest rate decisions and what earnings uh, season actually looks like. Yeah. You know, what, what's the quality of the earnings that are coming in? Are they matching expectations or not? Um, and it was, you know, it's mostly a sideways trade. That's how I'd characterize the entire week. Uh, we had a little bit of up. We had a little bit of down. Certainly some differences in companies and what they're reporting. But even within the same sectors, we're getting different reports, yeah. right? So I, I'm going to be really interested to watch that S&P 500 rollout and the commentary by senior management teams about the impact of trade and uncertainty and so on and so forth. Yeah. And to see who's using it as an excuse, who's actually Correct. being impacted by that. Yeah. Right, but it's um, uh, we're we're too early. The the market hasn't picked a direction yet. There's three parts to every report or earnings re- release that that investors need to look at, uh, and I think this is where we're going to see the the tale of different companies. The first part that people look at is the bottom line or earnings yep. per share or earnings itself, net earnings. Then there's revenue. They want to see revenue grow. Yep. Okay. So that those are the two common ones. The third one, which is going to give us the view of how the, these stocks are going to perform in the future, in the near term or the future, is guidance. Do they feel more con? Does management feel more confident they can actually reach a full year forecast of expected returns? And right. is it going to be harder or easier? Right. What are their concerns? What are their opportunities? In that conversation, that's where you're going to get sentiment or tone of how these companies are relating. Um, the, we we want to compare 
those who are internationally based, meaning they want to they do business around the world versus domestic here in Canada. Yeah. We want to see how that's impacting us. Is this whole um, trade war issue impacting Canadian companies? Are they impacting American companies only? Who's getting benefit? Who's hurting? This is now going to be, I believe, a stock picker's world mm-hmm. versus just let's buy an index and hope for it to run away. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's interesting to note again that we start the second quarter with earnings expectations negative, an earnings contraction, an earnings um, recession. But we did start the first quarter with negative expectations as well, and we ended up positive. Correct. So too early to tell yet. The trend has been beat, um, which is not surprising. And we often see that. So we'll see where we end. We're, we're going to see where we end up on that now. Uh, I'd like you to share some of your thoughts about okay. um, sort of the due diligence that you were doing and, um, uh, you know, the meeting. Let's take the bond guys, first of all, and see yeah. what they're worried about. So whenever we want to look at what's happening in the world, it's always about how money or capital is moving from one country to another, from companies and governments. Uh, and we want to see how uh, the, that market, the bond market, is reacting. Now, who do you go to to get that kind of information because they see it? On a global scale, Jeffrey Gunlack uh, is the bond king of the world. He manages billions amongst hundreds, billions, of, billions, hundreds yeah. of billions of dollars, if not a trillion dollars right now. And, uh, and his perspective is a little bit different or a lot different than many other bond managers yeah. out there. Some of the concerns that he has is we have put so much liquidity into the market, meaning the central bankers have lowered, lowered interest, interest rates, rates and stimulated the economy with yeah. easy money. Yeah that things are starting to get overvalued. And it's easy to buy something that pays you 2% when government bonds are paying less than 2%, so on and so forth. His concern is the amount of corporate debt that's out there. Companies in the United States specifically have so much debt, more than they had before the 2008 crash. Hmm. So what happens if things start to roll over, economies start to slow down, the, the difference between a junk bond, which is a low credit right. rated com- uh, company yeah, below investment grade, yeah. versus a high credit company is yeah. so narrow right. that this can't always continue. He also said there's a big change that's happening in this, in this world is that people started putting money towards anything that provided a better return than what you could get in a guaranteed investment like a U.S. Treasury or a, a GIC or what yeah. have you. And his comment was very interesting. He said investors are investing in a way that they're investing in an investment that just has no risk at the time until risk is showing. So people make the mistake of buying something that they think is safe when it's not. And so now's the time to start doing an inventory check. How safe is the investment that you have? And I had a conversation with uh, a gentleman that was sitting beside me who said, I have a whole bunch of bonds. And I asked, how do you know how safe those bonds are? Oh, well, the credit rating agency said they were. Right. That's it. That's as far as he went. Right. And I said, you might want to get a second opinion on that. Right. Because right? those are the kind of things that you need to do. You got to do your own due diligence. I think yep. we've been skewed to just buy because it was easy and cheap. And um, Jeff Gunlack's concern about the... Um, high-yield exchange-traded funds that are out there and what pension plans are doing with them. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a rosy picture he was painting. He right. was showing what could go wrong. Right. And um, Andrew, our partner, and, um, and I came out of that session, and Andrew goes, I, I feel like I, like I was at, at, a, at a session where we're seeing the next big drop potentially happening. Right. And so these are the concerns. So I, I posted on social media saying, 
how safe you are may not be as safe as you think. Stress test your portfolio. Stress test your retirement plan and see what if things go wrong, right. how much volatility can you handle, and how much will it go on the downside? Yeah, okay. Um, I think that's, we'll leave it there. There's lots to talk about. In fact, we're going to pick that conversation up at, at our um, upcoming seminar. On Tuesday, July 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in Calgary West. Give us a call to register, 966-8400, or go online at morethanmoneyradio.com. You want to protect yourself and loved ones against financial scams? Tune in after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. You know, Faisal, if I take you back years ago when we thought about doing this show, yep. um, when we were asked to do the show, we didn't want to do just another regular financial show, right? We wanted this to be educational and educational around not just finances, although that's important, but, but lifestyle as well. But one of the things, uh, and you know, we've, I think we've done a pretty good job uh, of attracting people that can help educate Average people about what they should be thinking about, Correct. right? Um, what they need to be aware of, problems, yeah. right? All of those things, things that go on for someone who's in their lives that impacts them based on you know their point in their life, meaning con- transitioning to or living in retirement. And yeah. one of the biggest yeah. concerns that are out there, and I think now with technology, social media, um, all that's at, quickly at their disposal, yep. um, we're we're concerned about more and more of things like fraud. Well, and particularly as people age too, right? Yeah. Sometimes we get more susceptible. You know, all of those things mean we have to, I think, we, we as industry people have to uh, educate and keep this front of mind so that Correct. people are making Raise informed, educated choices. Raise the awareness because I think there's, there's too many people out there that just believe what they see right. because it's coming to them. Right. It might be tailored for them or what have you. Right. And then we got to go from there, you know? Well, and, and um, greed. Greed is something that can grip. Money's a funny thing. And greed can be very attractive to, to people. And you know what? The bad guys sometimes know how to play on that. But uh, let's go down this path of education because we don't want anybody to be impacted by a That's fraudulent right. offer. So That's right. uh, Susan Soprovich is a senior advisor, uh, investor education for the Alberta Securities Commission. Uh, Susan, first of all, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks very much. Appreciate you had the opportunity to be on the show with you guys today. Susan, just so that our listeners are aware, what is the Alberta Securities Commission and what are their responsibilities? Well, I'm glad you asked that because, I mean, some people, a lot of people are aware of who we are, but not everything that we are. So the Alberta Securities Commission, um, we are entrusted with fostering the fair and efficient capital market in Alberta, which is, you know, taking care of making sure that any public company or private companies doing investment deals um, are, you know, providing proper information for investors that they are, you know, basically regulated them, things like that. The other aspect that people don't realize as much about is we are um, focused on protecting investors. So part of that is um, an aspect of us that we will look into investment fraud. We have the ability to investigate, enforce, and prosecute. But we also have my side of things, which is trying to inform Albertans about how to protect themselves from investment fraud. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the signs? What are the, the, the signals? Because investment fraud is more than just buying a stock or bought through a financial advisor, such as your, yourselves, but it can come through many forms, very informal forms, and a lot of people don't know what to look for. And these fraudsters are savvy. They're so good at convincing people to give up their money. So we're here to try to educate people before they give up their money, um, as well as help them should they have been 
taken advantage of. Right. So, and let's start the conversation right there, and, and let's identify some of the top flags of a fraudulent offer. What do you guys see consistently that, that our listeners should be aware of that if they see these things, hang on, it means take pause? Certainly. I mean, we call them the red flags of investment fraud. And we've got a lot of great materials I'll talk about later if I get the chance uh, on our website about it. But the the red flags of investment fraud, they're pretty simple, pretty common sense. But you know what? When we get excited about investment opportunities, sometimes we forget. We forget to think critically. Uh, We may trust the person, but one of them is guaranteed high returns at no or little risk. Um, You know, somebody's coming up saying, or you see it in the paper, you'll see it on the internet a lot, that they'll they'll guarantee a high return investment. Um, Realistically, there's no such thing as high return with no risk. Right. Uh, and a legitimate, legitimate company will tell you about the, the risks involved. And, you know, if it's a low uh, inf- uh, interest environment and they're offering you 8 10% return, there's something funny there. Um, the other one is, you know, we call this don't miss the opportunity, get in now. Scam artists will often pressure people into getting in. You have to sign on now or else you're going to miss this opportunity and it, what they're trying to do is that you don't have the time to research the investment and make sure it's legitimate. So that's a big red flag. If somebody's pressuring you, just walk away. Um, great investment opportunity. Your friends can't be wrong. Now, this one is one of the biggest signs of fraud that we see. It's called affinity fraud. Um, but basically, and, and a lot of seniors are targeted, but a lot of Albertans overall, it comes through a, a fraudulent opportunity will come through friends, family, co-workers. Um, it could come through a religious or an ethnic or a sports group that you're involved in. Basically, the scam artists will get into these groups, befriend people who are um, high up or, or thought well of, respected in the organization. Uh, that way they get, you know, credibility. And then they start to offer some sort of investment opportunity, whether it be, you know, real estate deal in Florida or whatever the case might be. Yep. Yep. You trust them. Maybe it's coming to your brother. You know, you trust your brother. Why would you question him? He's done his homework right, but maybe he hasn't. And so we always say always check out any individual or company offering uh, an investment um, because your friends might be wrong. They may be the smartest people alive, but the reality is these scam artists are smooth. Um, Offshore tax-free investments, that'd be the next one. The reality is you can sometimes defer paying taxes, but you can't avoid them. And once the money is offshore, it's gone. And I guess the last one that we kind of warn people about are insider tips. Right. You know, we all think that we want to make the next million dollars or whatever it is uh, from getting an inside tip. But the reality is the scam artists will convince you to do this, that they have inside information. Well, first of all, that's illegal. <laughs> Second of <Yeah>. all, <laughs> yeah, that's illegal. You can get Aside from that little for- point, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> than that. But the reality is they don't know anything and they'll take your money and, you know, keep keep you investing in it until they disappear. Right. That's the reality. So those are kind of our, our top five, you know, red flags of investment fraud for people to watch out for. I'm going to add one which goes back to your common sense um, point that if your gut tells you it's too good to be true, ah. you, you need to pause. Yeah. It's probably too good to be true. You took that right out of my mouth. In fact, when we're out in the communities, whether it be Calgary, Edmonton, or wherever, and we're talking to people, that is the number one thing we say. You know, that's age-old adage. It's too good to be true. It is. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that one alone should stop you from getting and, yourself and also, in a lot of trouble. The, the one who, who spoke to you recently about trying to sell you those socks, those socks are definitely fraudulent. <laughs> wow. It's too bad we're on radio, Susan. Oh, my Lord. Like, yeah, whoever sold them, he's probably gone, ran away, because oh, those are terrible. Oh, man. That, okay. You'll never <laughs> I, see that money again. But, but yeah, you, never, never. Yeah, I'll, I digress, though. But let's, let's go back to... Um, when it comes to the aging demographic, when it comes to people who are who are new to technology or fairly new to technology, how easy it is for them to be in contact with with uh, whole different types of frauds. What are you seeing as um, some of the most common frauds that let's call them older adults are experiencing at this point in time? Sure. You know, it's interesting. Technology is definitely impacting um, us from a fraudulent investment perspective, um, and it hits all demographics. It does hit seniors as well. You know, you'll see them on your websites that pop up with investment opportunities or emails that come in, and and those are very prevalent. But what we are seeing more for this for seniors, fifty we call it well fifty five plus really. So anybody approaching retirement or getting into retirement are often a lot more face-to-face. Um, and, and that, I think, has to do with the relationship aspect of, of older individuals. So the first one is, is going back to the one I talked about, affinity fraud. You know, more, most of the time it comes through somebody you know. And, and that's a sad statement because we, we want to trust the people around us in our lives. But the reality is sometimes they aren't to be trusted. So that, right. that's the biggest one we see. Um, the other one we see that is quite common is an investment seminar um, involving a free lunch. And nothing against you guys or, or anybody in the investment world. I used to do investor relations, and I still do. Yeah. Um, it, but, you know, legitimate people won't provide put pressure on you or anything like that. Exactly. And what we'll see, so you'll see advertisements coming up on the websites, on your phones, or in the paper very commonly. And, you know, seniors or older people, anybody will go to these, will go, but they're usually a sales pitch for an investment opportunity that is probably fraudulent. Um, and then because they offer free lunch or some sort of free incentive, oftentimes the person feels like they owe them something. Therefore, they have to invest in the opportunity they're pitching or they'll get pressure to do it. You know, and it goes back to that. If you don't act now, you won't get on. Um, the other one I would say we're seeing, you know, cold calls, pr- aggressive and persistent salespeople calling you on the phone. Um, that happens. Although, from my talk with a lot of seniors out here in Calgary in the last few months, I'm seeing a lot more uh, people savvy with that, and some very interesting answers from the seniors. As an, I just hang up on them, you know, or some of them do other things, and I, I can't say that on the radio. Um, the other one, I think that is a big one, is something we call recovery room scams, and. You know, you feel like you know, if you've been targeted and you've been hit, it's not going to happen to you again. The reality is you have a better chance of it happening yep. to you yep. because once they've been victimized, they get on a list and it may be sold to another scam artist or maybe the same scam artist calling them back saying, I'm investigating this. It's like the CRA scams, right? That sound very legit. Yep. I'm investigating this. I, I represent a group of investors and I can get your money back, but you have to give me some money up front, basically. Yep. Yeah. So that guy's going to come back and try to sell you more socks, Dave. Be ready. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I've so got lots of crazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Susan, before we let you go, and we've only got another 20 or 30 seconds, yep. um, um, if somebody suspects fraud, can they contact the Alberta Securities Commission? Where do they go? What do they do? Yes, please do. So absolutely, please call the, the, the Securities Commission uh, because not only can we look into it and potentially investigate it, it can also help us to make it to... Uh, 
stop it from happening to somebody else, yeah. okay, yeah. because this person's going to keep going. So uh, check us out on the website. Call our uh, call our um, our public inquiries line at uh, 403-355-4151. Um, and then we also come onto our website. We've got a consumer website called checkfirst.ca. It has all sorts of great information for people, and we've got a specific uh, senior targeted information, everything from brochures to tools to quizzes to videos on how to learn more about how to recognize fraud, what to do to avoid it, um, and how to increase your financial knowledge. You know, it's it can be very confusing, especially if the, it's the first time in your life maybe that you're taking care of your finances. So we try to help people educate themselves so that they cannot become a victim. So, uh, super. We're going to have to leave it there, Susan. Thank you for all great. your great input today. Thank you so much, guys. It's been great speaking with you and look forward to hopefully talking to you again sometime. As we do. Susan Saprovich has joined us today, Senior Advisor, Investor Education at the Alberta Securities Commission. Um, we've got an upcoming seminar uh, that we're going to be educating people about this whole process of retirement and what they need to be thinking about. Correct, right? yeah. Uh, as, an, as an effort to educate Canadians, Calgarians about what this transition means. Yeah, that's going to be on Tuesday, July 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Is the baby boom retirement really happening? Let's talk about that after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. For once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long For once unafraid I can go where life leads Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Um, you know, Faisal, Faisal, we've got, a, I think, a terrific guest and, and a topic that we want to talk about. Um, the next guest, she's an author. She's written uh, a piece called Work Is Not a Place. That's a little bit longer title than that, but I think that's a compelling thing to think about, right? Correct. Um, and what does it mean after work? So what are the organizations involved, you know, that we're involved in? What, how does it relate to us? So I think this is an interesting topic. That transition point can often be difficult for, uh, for people, and I think we need to continually explore it and let people know that they're not alone on that, and there's some uh, ideas and solutions. Linda Nazareth is joining us today, senior fellow at uh, McDonnell Laurier Institute, and she's also the author of Work is Not a Place, Our Lives and Our Organizations in the Post-Jobs Economy. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, let, let's let's talk about um, some research. There's some research that, that's been coming out recently uh, that the mass baby boomer retirement wave may never really materialize. So yeah. tell me a little bit about what, what that means. That's interesting. It is, because it's been almost like this urban legend, hasn't it? That yeah. we're going to have this exodus of people from the labor force, and it's going to be really easy for young people to find jobs, and wages right. are going to go really high. And as it turns out, people are not leaving as quickly as we thought they might. I mean, they're leaving. People get to a certain age, and they do leave. But it's sort of not automatic at 65 with a full pension anymore. So we could change some of our assumptions. Well, so let's, let's, let's talk about those assumptions and sort of what, what could prevent... Um, that retirement boom from happening? 
Well, if you ask people, they will generally say it's because I like work, I want to be busy, I'm not into golf. A lot of the times, though, if you get a little beyond that, you find that people haven't maybe saved as much as they would have liked for retirement. Remember, this generation has had more gyrations than perhaps others. Now, the baby boomers have been through a lot of economic cycles. There have been periods of unemployment. Uh, perhaps they have been not as lucky in their investments as they would have liked. It's a generation they've perhaps had more marital transition, which is to say divorce, or kids at different ages, perhaps later than their parents did. So they have a lot of financial pressures, and they do not evaporate on their 65th birthday. Sometimes work is an option, and they're choosing it. So, so Linda, there's, there's been many economists out there who've been talking about this potential issue where if we have more and more of our baby boomers still in the workforce or um, delaying retirement, it doesn't bode well for the economy for a couple of reasons. One, we don't have younger people coming in, um, increasing their wealth, increasing their incomes to support a housing market. Um, they are There's not as much spending going on as you age, especially over the age of 55. Apparently, according to some of these economists, spending goes starts to go down versus when you're 18 to 45. Um, all those different types of issues that are starting to come up and saying, maybe we are now in a, a, a longer-term slowdown of the economy, maybe even deflation because of this. What, what are your thoughts in regards to that? Well, there's a lot of strains to that, actually. One is that it's not necessarily such a bad thing to have more people in the workforce. Actually, in a lot of places, uh, you have too few workers. Now, I know there's you know different local pressures going on. If we're talking about Alberta, it might be quite different. But certainly in the U.S., which sets the tone for a lot of the policies we have here, uh, and a lot of the world, we have really very, very tight labor markets and not enough people. Now, here's why it matters. If we had everyone from the baby boom leaving, you would have a real shortage of workers. Mm -hmm. You would have wage pressures going higher and you you would have interest rates going higher for sure. And that would impact on Canada too. So it's not necessarily that bad a thing that people are staying in. In terms of spending, does it matter? Well, it matters in inevitably people spend differently as they age. You don't buy as much stuff. You're not furnishing your first apartment when you're 65, uh, and you're not you know, paying for your kids' things necessarily at those ages. You do spend differently on experiences and the like. I find that spending really goes down sort of post-65 and 70. Before that, people are, are spending on concert tickets and traveling and cruises, perhaps if they can, or, or just on day-to-day life if they need to. So I'm not really worried about the demographically induced slowdown yet. Really, the demographically induced slowdown was going to come from a, a fall in the working age population. And if we're not having that as rapidly, then I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe we have a timeline shift going on here, because when we were young, Dave, we were told at 18, get the heck out of the house, mm-hmm. go get a job, go, go, go to school, whatever it may be. And we're finding... 18-year-olds today are not being told that. They're staying home longer. Mm-hmm. They're getting married later. Their parents are working longer than than their grandparents were. Yeah. Their, grand, their parents are living longer. So everything might have been shifted on a timeline basis. So maybe we're moving everything 10, 15 years out. So instead of, and, and don't get mad at me when I say this, Dave, your kids might be living with you till they're 33. <laughs> then what happens? I guess, Linda, do you think that's what's kind of happening now? We're just shifting from, uh, because longevity has come into play, maybe the, the, t- the, the, the time points of where things change in your life, such as leaving the home or, or retiring, have all been shifted over maybe even by 10 to 15 years. 
Yeah, that's a good point, because we are seeing at both ends of this. As you say, people are less likely to leave as early as they did, certainly less likely to get married and buy houses. Lots of that, though, is about the cost of real estate. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in 10 years, because if people are just saving money and waiting for perhaps the market to get a little bit weaker and you know things to get more affordable, we could have a boom in housing, we could change everything up. It's just not quite as early. If it's a social thing, and there's some evidence that perhaps it is that, you know, people on, I don't want to be called sexist here, but men are maturing a little later than they did, mm-hmm. uh, then we could see, you know, uh, perhaps that 10-year shift going on a long time. I mean, just maybe an aside, but there was one study out of the U.S. that said one of the reasons that young men are okay with not being in the workforce uh, as early as they were is because video games have gotten so much better. Hmm. That's, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I can, I, I can certainly point to some people I know. <laughs> You're not amongst them, Faisal. That's no, the good I, I, news. I can't That's even it. turn on the console. <laughs> I have no idea how to use that stuff. <laughs> Linda, you've said lots of interesting things, in, including um, you know that people want to stay engaged longer. Maybe they enjoy their work. Maybe they need to for financial reasons, or perhaps it's part social. All of those things are an important uh, piece of it. But if we talk about you know what is this baby boom retirement wave going to look like? I mean, what is what does retirement look like under the scenario that you know you're describing? Well, I think people will have to make some changes from their expectation. If people have not saved as much, and you know, that's not anyone's fault. There have been a lot of reasons to not save and as well. It's not like it was 30 years ago where there was a defined pension. And as well, interest rates at one point in the 80s were what, 18%, 15%, get a lot on your savings. Now you've got to take a lot of risk to get return. And that's not necessarily the best thing as you're you know, later in life. So people are going to have to think about how they want to live. And again, not necessarily a bad thing. Simpler lives can uh, be interesting as well, but it may not be the spending on travel and renovations and everything else that people might have considered. You know, there's a lot of implications for industries. I'm not, um, if you look at what we had in the 70s and 80s, it was a time crunch. And right. everything we offered was about how do you save time. So you go to the supermarket, you got your vegetables already cut up, and you got everything pre-made. And you know, um, instant Jello was a thing. And Jello is not really yeah. very hard to make, but instant Jello became a thing because it's easier than making it yourself. Right. Well, maybe when people have more time and perhaps less money, they start doing more things themselves. Right. And you know, again, not necessarily a bad thing, but it has some implications. And I think that's maybe where we have to leave it. I think that's exactly right. Um, uh, the journey, you know, as we often talk about it, Faisal, you, you, we just don't know. We've, there's ideas about what it's going to look like, and then when people get to that point in time in their journey, right, sometimes it looks a little different. Correct. And different doesn't have to mean better or worse. Uh, Linda, I, we're going to have to leave it there, as I said. I want to thank you very much for your contribution your, uh, for the, to the show and your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Been joined by uh, Linda Nazareth. She's a senior fellow at McDonald Laurier Institute, also the author of Work is Not a Place Our Lives and Our Organizations in the Post Jobs Economy. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I have much to, to add to that. I think Linda did, did a good job of, of um, sort of describing what we talk about a lot, right? Correct. We're going to get to this point in the journey, transitioning to and/or living in retirement. 
and it's going to be different. We're going to have to figure it out, right? But you can't sort of prejudge. I mean, some people will have to stay at work because they want to. That That's their social connection. Correct. Some will do it for financial reasons. Some Correct. will do it just to stay out of trouble. I need to stay engaged in something academically. Correct. Right? But we're going to talk about all of those things and how to make sure you're planned properly for what you want that retirement to be. Yeah, it's all about what you want and how you want yeah. your future to look like in your retirement, how to bulletproof that with all these things that are going on in the economy and the markets. We'll be talking about that on Tuesday, July 23rd. 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. The average Canadian's 275000 shy of the amount that they're going to uh, need for retirement. Stick around, and let's talk about the implications of that. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Um, good show today. Um, uh, let's let's bring it home with a. I was reporting on a uh, an RBC re- survey, not yep. a report, but a survey that came out this week. And here's the title: It says, "Average baby boomer and average Canadian baby boomer, two hundred and seventy-five thousand shy of their retirement goal." Now, let me go on for just a second here. It says, according to um, so this is according to the the release. This was Thursday okay. by the Royal Bank. It said the average boomer is two hundred and seventy-five thousand shy of the amount that they want to have saved for retirement. I thought that was interesting that they want to have okay. saved for retirement. The question is, is that what they need to have saved well, let's, for retirement? Well, let's take it one step further. What was the number of people that actually had a retirement plan completed? Ten percent. So 90% of the people who were surveyed have no retirement plan, have no idea how much money they really need. That's correct. So they're just guessing right. at 275000 on average. Correct. And so why would someone pick a number like that or guess? Right. Right. But you had an interesting conversation as well. Uh, was it the Breckenridge Show you yeah, were Yeah, I was on the Breckenridge Show okay. um, last week. And we had the conversation about, you know, People have a fear of going to advisors. And one of the fear is um, actually putting everything on the line. People kind of just do ad hoc, make an RSP contribution and go to the bank or go wherever they're going and then just quickly do these little things because they have to without having a master plan for all this stuff. And so when I said to the to the host Zach, I said, Zach, give me your master plan. And he said, Well, I wanna go to Hawaii, I wanna, you know, not work as much, maybe, you know, come and go as I please, have a side business. But I need $10 million. And I, the question I asked, I said, why do you need $10 million? Yeah. I like for everything. You said for what? And I said, right? for what? And yeah. he goes, well, I just need it so I don't, I don't have to worry. But About what? <laughs> but do, you know, for the average person to go and get right. $10 million, right. they're never retiring. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right? So what, what, what do you need that $10 million for? Right. And why do you feel that's the number? Well, I just want to make sure that's because if I took my number and I put it in safe investments, I would have money for life and everything left behind. Is that the purpose? Like what's what's the what's the underlying value system behind this, right? right? What are you valuing? What do you want? What are the dreams and goals that you have? And let's go after that. Yeah. But I also want to bring it back to the fear and the uncertainty of moving into retirement. We see it all the time where um, you know, this this the uncertainty of am I gonna be able to do it? Uh, drives people crazy, yeah. right? And that's the number one question we ask, do I have enough? But the question has to start with, do I have enough to do what? And I bet you if RBC added one more question to their survey by saying, if you add $300,000 more in your savings, right. are you comfortable and happy with your retirement? Yeah. And I bet you the answer will be no. Right. Because I that's still not enough. Right. Because we don't know what's enough. Right. 
the fear of actually spending your money that you've saved through your entire life and this is all you have right. and the conventional retirement meaning you're not working or supplementing your income right. is a very scary time in someone's life and so if you have no plans more importantly a system to provide you income for the rest of your lives so you can just enjoy what you want to do meet what you want to what you've planned for your life then you're now up and guessing and then the stress of what happens in your portfolio on your money how much money you need yep. is going to is going to overtake the enjoyment of your retirement well but and, and people make this mistake we see it all the time where they think that uh, more money means more happiness right the, it, and it it doesn't it doesn't it, the two are not necessarily correlated and i'm not saying that you know having more money is a bad thing what i'm saying is the default for people that we see is if I just have more, somehow it gets better. But I still haven't decided what that what I want to be doing, right? So it's the disconnect, right? And when I read this, I read very specifically that it's the shy of the amount that they want to have to do what to do what. There's no reference to that, and there could be context within the report. I haven't I haven't seen the entire report that RBC put out, but the the issue that we have, and listen, I accept that it's going to change. That you plan for your lifestyle. Uh, for the next five years, it's like doing a will. You, you don't, you can't forecast for over thirty years what your life is going to look like and all the bumps in the along the along the journey there. We've been doing this a long time, Dave. We can tell everybody right. is listening. Your retirement vision will well, change every two years, changes all the time. Every twenty-four months, <clears throat> you want to tweak what's going on in your life because values, morals, um, outlook in life changes. Oh yeah, absolutely. What was important to you when you were twenty-one? is definitely not the same thing that's important to you yep. today. That's right. And and when you're 65, it's going to be different than when you're 70. There's lots of things that change. So it, 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 it's incumbent upon every single individual listening, right? If you, if you want to know what you need, the mathematical process and exercise of determining what that is is not complicated. It takes a little bit of work. Yep. But there is, there's, we do this all the time, right? We, the math won't lie to us, and you can figure out what that number is. When someone actually decides to retire, right. the number one thing they're going through internally is judgment. Right. It's either judgment of themselves to right. actually show, hey, look, I've accomplished so much. Look what I can do with my life. Right. Or other people's judgment of them. Right. One example is when someone says, oh, you're retired. Hey, so are you traveling? What are you doing? No. No, no I'm volunteering. Oh, that's nice. And they look at that as, oh, you, you settled. Right. And you take that viewpoint and you make it your own that I'm not settling. I want to do more things now. I go. Right. Others feel that they have to, have to do a whole bunch of stuff. I have to travel all the time. I have to right. do all these things. That's not who they are. Right. That's not really what makes them happy. Right. So judgment happens the day we talk about religiously judgment day. Judgment day is retirement day. You're judging yourself or someone's judging on you. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um, okay. Uh, we I don't want to harp on that or beat that uh, dead horse too much, but... Um, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about trying to get the alignment between what that vision of your retirement is again, understanding that it's going to change over time, and the relationship of that to the assets that you have accumulated over time and the sources of income 
that you have to support that. Yeah, we're going to focus on that in our upcoming seminar. This is a plan to talk about how you build a plan, how you build a strategy, and then how do you execute on that strategy to bulletproof your retirement. Now, right. we're going to talk about this on Tuesday, July 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. And you can register online by going to morethanmoneyradio.com. Yeah, and, and you know, the purpose of this seminar, Faisal, um, uh, you know, is, is about education, right? There is no cookie cutter. There, there's lots of rules of thumb out there that we that our industry talks about, um, fine for conversation purposes, but not appropriate for actual practice, right, for, for lifestyle. And so the framework that we want to talk about um, during the seminar is an effort to help educate people about how they can Think about the different goals and objectives that they have as they move into retirement. If your answer is, what's my number? There's a process to get to that, Absolutely. to get to that answer. And um, there's also a process of de-risking that. How confident are you that that's your number and it's going to take you through, carry you through, right? That, that math and that process is a well-established uh, is a well-established process. You can get the answer. That's right. So again, on, we're on our seminar, July twenty third, seven p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. The number to register. Give us a call 403-966-8400-966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money here on seven seventy CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.